0: So, Sandra, where do you think the Rothschilds hang out?
1: St. Moritz in Switzerland, Lake Como in Italy, Miss or Cannes on the French Riviera, Cabo. I don't know, but Shabby Maralago is definitely not on their bucket list. I can tell you that much.
0: <laughs> well, I guess if you're a narcissist, you might be easily fooled into believing that a three star golf club would be the dream destination of a Rothschild. So tell them about the mice.
1: Oh, it's an acronym used by our intelligence services. We'll explain it in the episode. Now, they don't have mice at mar lago as far as we know, but they definitely had top secret documents and what looks like a young, attractive-ish Russian spy. <laughs> well,
0: attractive-ish uh, was enough to get the job done, it seems. But uh, I guess if you're a 76-year-old Republican, anyone half your age is hot. <laughs>
1: Hi, Neil, and hello to our dubious friends.
0: Hey, Sandra. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Dubious. This week, in the context of the FBI raid at Mar-a-Lago and the boxes of sensitive documents they took in the unfolding investigation, we're talking about Anna Yashishin, a.k.a. Anna de Rothschild.
1: (laughs) 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 Inos Khan is reminiscent of Anna Sorokin, a fake German heiress who went by the alias Anna Delvey. Most people probably heard about her. Her story became a Netflix series entitled Inventing Anna. And just to clarify, in this episode, we're talking about a completely different Anna, a much more dangerous Anna.
0: (laughs) Our Anna, at the time of her Mar-a-Lago adventures, uh, was 33 and now she's 34. And obviously, she's no member of the Rothschild banking family, but she does have four passports, Russian, Canadian, American, and Ukrainian, and a Florida driver's license. She's fluent in several languages, and nobody knows when exactly she entered the United States. So all the red flags are up, and (laughs) the FBI is now investigating this woman.
1: Yes, yes, they are, as they should, because it is absolutely terrifying how easy it is for anyone, but especially a young woman, to get close to people like Trump, Lindsey Graham, and the inner circle of a former president. And to get unrestricted access to the property at Mar-a-Lago, where we now know Trump was keeping highly classified documents he was not supposed to have in the first place?
0: Mm. Yeah, all you gotta be is a woman, look decent. You know, not gorgeous, just decent. And most importantly, be about half the age of these uh, Republican dinosaurs or younger.
1: Totally. To me, it sounds like the classic old school honey trap situation that Putin's FSB slash SVR have been always using. And our intelligence services, I'm sure, do the same thing. But it's hard to imagine more gullible targets than Trumpet companies. company.
0: Yeah, you're not wrong. So we'll get into the fake passports and documents she used her fake marriage, her fake house in Miami, her charity scam. Trump loves a charity scam, too. You know, that's uh, very uh, on brand for uh, (laughs) Mar-a-Lago. And uh, we'll also take a look into how exactly she wiggled her way into Trump's inner circle so fast.
1: Is it a coincidence that in 2021 the CIA sent a memo to all chiefs of station abroad telling them something is wrong? Too many assets and sources were being killed or turned and they should be extra vigilant?
0: I guess the question is, was Anna Yashishin, aka Anna de Rothschild, a Russian spy? <laughs>
1: Right, and before we get into the story of Ina who so skillfully claimed to be a member of the famous Jewish international banking dynasty, the Rothschilds, I want to say a few things about the documents Trump was keeping at Mar-a-Lago while characters like our fake Rothschild heiress were freely roaming around and why this whole story is so insane. Now, we all know that the FBI launched an unprecedented raid of Trump's Florida home earlier this month under the authority of the Justice Department, and they are investigating potential violations of multiple laws, including an Espionage Act statue. Uh, that covers gathering, transmitting, or losing national defense information. The other laws deal with the mutilation and removal of records, as well as the destruction, alteration, or falsification of records in federal investigations.
0: So, yeah, this is not a minor infraction. Uh, According to the affidavit, the FBI opened the investigation after the National Archives received 15 boxes of records in January of 2022 that had been improperly removed from the White House and taken to Mar-a-Lago. It said sensitive national defense information was among the records recovered, including 67 documents marked as confidential, 92 as secret, and 25 as top secret.
1: That is the wet dream of any foreign hostile nation state like Russia, North Korea, and so on. Basically, these documents contain human and signals intelligence, so info about our undercover spies abroad, their networks, and also info about foreign nationals that help us. And they literally could be executed if caught these people. It's what's happened in the past when Aldrich Ames sold our secrets to the KGB. For example, if we have an asset in the Kremlin or in Pyongyang, that info would be in these documents, not to mention the documents about our nuclear capabilities. These are the crown jewels of our intelligence agencies. And it is so scary, so, so scary that Trump kept his stuff in a room with just a lock on the door. Insane. (laughs) It's insane. (laughs) And in the case of us having an asset in a certain foreign government, if that government is tipped off by someone who opened that lock, which if you're in any foreign intelligence service of any country is not hard to do, okay? So what that means is that that asset that was ours now can be turned so you know threatened and coerced to become a double agent like you've been spying on your own country for the united states we caught you and now you have two options die or turn and then we're in a situation where assets we think work for us are in fact spying on us And look, these people, these assets, these networks, these take years, sometimes decades to build and handle and maintain. And people died to make some of this stuff happen. And now there are no name stars on that wall at the CIA HQ, because even sharing the names of these heroes is too sensitive. So this got me upset. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's not a joke. So Fox News is going to have to stretch a lot just to like hand wave (laughs) this one away. The intelligence agencies have launched a damage assessment operation. And it looks like it's not a matter of maybe. It seems that quite a bit of damage to their operations has already been done.
1: Yes, yes, it looks that way. In 2021, while these documents were at Mar-a-Lago already, and Dina Yashchishin was golfing there and having dinner with the Trumps and uh, Lindsey Graham, the CIA already knew something was very wrong. According to the New York Times, the CIA sent a top-secret cable to chiefs of station in all the countries and warned them that there were too many agents who were dying or being turned into double agents. So they should be extremely cautious. The cable also said that the CIA knew exactly how many were executed, but they have no idea how many were turned.
0: Yeah, this is probably uh, worse than the cable suggested, like worse than anybody even speculates at this point.
1: Yeah, probably. Yes. And my opinion is that this whole documented Mar-a-Lago situation was well thought in advance, planned by the Russians with Trump before the election, as they knew he might lose. They knew the coup might not succeed, and they needed all the info he could get for them on the way out. And besides what he surely, directly or through proxies, I believe he had given them before. I mean, this whole thing was designed to make Trump look careless or not too smart, therefore not implicating him directly as a traitor, like he didn't hand the documents to the Russians himself, but he knew what he was doing all along, and he knew storing this highly fragile information in a room with a regular lock would create the perfect situation for a hostile nation state looking to fuck us. And as far as I'm concerned, Trump has been groomed by the Russians for at least a decade before running for president. This was a long-term thing. His allegiance was never to the United States, but that's just my opinion. And as everyone knows, I'm always right. So. Well, I don't know
0: about <laughs> always. I think Trump's got a personal vendetta against the CIA over the Ukraine phone call impeachment thing. And Russian mob and intel guys... Are very opportunistic, so I don't think there's a Russian hiding behind every bush with a good plan in mind. Um, I mean, look at how bad their military strategists are. Well, maybe there's a Russian behind every bush at Mar-a-Lago, but uh, not everywhere else. <laughs> Anyways, what about Ina Yashishin? Uh, who is she?
1: Ina is a 34-year-old Russian-speaking Ukrainian immigrant, so she was born in Ukraine, but keep in mind, Ukraine is a former Soviet country, and there is still a chunk of the population that does have ties to the old empire, so to speak, especially in the East. If Ina is a spy, it's not Zelensky who sent her. Let's just be clear about that. Also, Zelensky is so hot.
0: I mean, let's stick to the (laughs) Russian girls. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yes, yes. Okay. Ina's father is actually a truck driver from Illinois, and it is unclear when she arrived in the United States. Now, that in itself, I mean, massive red flag for me, massive. It's very unusual for the authorities to not be able to have that information. If they don't, my brain goes spy, 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 spy. spy. <laughs>
0: So her father is an American from Illinois. I thought she was from Ukraine.
1: Yes, I mean, uh, this is very new, right? This news broke like literally 48 hours ago. So we don't know a lot yet. But what I think happened is her dad went to Ukraine when he was young, fell in love there or had a relationship there. And Ina was born, but her father came back without Ina or Ina's mom. So Ina was, you know, left behind and she grew up there. And because she hasn't been living here until recently, we know as much.
0: So Ina, the fake Rothschild, is now the subject of this FBI investigation. And Canada, as well, says that she's been the subject of a major crimes unit investigation in Quebec since February 2.
1: And before we get into what exactly she was doing at Mar-a-Lago and how she got there, let's just discuss her identification papers. So, as we said, she has an American passport, a Canadian passport, an Ukrainian passport, and a Russian passport, and a Florida driver's license. And other than her birth date, September 18, 1988, Everything else doesn't match. I mean, she has all kinds of different info on each document. And her
0: birthday may be fake, too. Um, The fact that it's the same on all of her passports doesn't really mean anything. But what we can say for certain is that she does have four passports.
1: Yeah, my dubimeter is going... (laughs) (laughs) I mean, red flags across the board. Look, I'm a double citizen and it took me about eight years to get my US citizenship. It's true, I wasn't in a hurry or anything, so I did take my time. But becoming a citizen in three countries? I mean, it's not likely she's young. I mean... Legally, there's almost no time for her to have done this for real. So these passports are probably false. As I said, my dubimeter is skyrocketing out of control.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So it's likely at this point that she's a foreign agent or a mob girl, or at the very least, she's up to no good. So I guess the only authentic ID is probably her Ukrainian passport.
1: Exactly. So on the Ukrainian passport, the one that is likely to be the only real document she has, her name is Ina Yashchishin, born in a city in Ukraine, and this passport expires in 2026. On the Russian passport, she's Anna Anisimova, born in Moscow. This passport expires in 2024. On the Canadian passport, her name is Anna de Rothschild, born in Monaco, and this passport also expires in 2024. On the American passport, her name is, surprise, Anna de Rothschild, again, and this passport expires again in 2024. You know what this tells me?
0: (laughs) That whatever she's got in mind is going to be done with by 2024. (laughs) 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 And that she managed to get all these passports at roughly the same time, since they all expire in the same year.
1: Very good point, yes. But also, she obviously has at least three legends. In intelligence talk, that means she has at least three made-up stories of her life, right? Depending on what passport she uses, she has a story prepared in case she's questioned. So breaking news, she's probably a spy. I mean, look, this is so textbook is just espionage lesson one.
0: Yeah, I can't really disregard that being the most likely explanation. I mean, she could just be a random grifter. But for no one to be able to determine when she entered the country, that's, yeah, that really doesn't check with just being a random grifter. And it's not like this was low risk what she was doing at Mar a Lago either.
1: Yes. And look, her Florida driver's license, also under the assumed name of Anna de Rothschild, expires in September 2022. I mean, if it's a real document and even if it's fake, I mean, in fact, even more so if it's fake, because it's her who decided when she wanted her license to expire. You can pick four or eight years, right? So if you do it legally, you can decide to have it uh, renewed in four years or eight years and you just pay a higher fee depending on what you choose. So, yeah, she chose four years. So she was planning to be long gone by September 2022.
0: Sandra just renewed her expired driver's license. Tell them what happens when you let it expire for a month after you move.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You have to retake the theoretical exam again, but that's fine. I mean, it's easy, you know, but. This is the thing with Ina, the expiration date tells me her work in Florida was almost done. She was going to be long gone by September if she hadn't been caught and looked at by our intelligence agencies. And I think that on her passport, she put 2024 just in case she might need to stick around longer and she would need a way out of the country after 22 just to be on the safe side.
0: Funny how the timing aligns with her visits to Mar-a-Lago and the discovery of top secret documents at Trump's house, isn't it? (laughs)
1: I mean, sometimes coincidences can happen, um, but not in this case, I don't think, no. And I'm not a big believer in coincidences anyway. And look, even if it wasn't her, you know, just the fact that someone like her could have easily gotten access to these boxes makes my hair stand up.
0: So anyways, what else do we know about Enna? Um, well, she didn't live where she said she did, according to our driver's license She was living in this $13 million Miami mansion at 1240 Venetian Way. No, that did not happen.
1: Her legend, her story also involves a religious charity.
0: Of course it does. Republicans love that sort of thing.
1: According to the Times of Israel, the FBI office in Miami and the Sûreté du Québec Police Provincial du Canada have launched investigations into Ina Yashchichin's dealings specifically in relation to a charity called United Hearts of Mercy. Ina, under the false name of Anna de Rothschild, first founded this religious charity in Montreal, Canada with the help of a Moscow businessman named Valery Tarashenko in 2010.
0: And then she opened a branch in Miami in 2015. The charity claims it helps lift children from, quote, spiritual, social, economic, and physical poverty.
1: And the fact that the first thing that they think immigrant kids from the Dominican Republic must be lifted from is spiritual (laughs) poverty makes me want to slap this bitch and her Russian handler right across the eyes. Not to mention using these kids for their money laundering scheme.
0: Yeah, she was president of this United Hearts of Mercy charity, and after hundreds of thousands of dollars in payments to the foundation, the payment processing app Stripe suspected fraud and halted the funds coming into their campaign, Uh, a campaign which was also supposed to help families devastated by the COVID pandemic. But no, I've run a charity before. And her organization's Facebook page was still up when she was being questioned by the FBI. So there's not enough there to raise that kind of money. I mean, there's just a few pics with random locals passing out meals and T-shirts uh, with her logo on them. So the charity is pretty obviously a front for something else.
1: I agree. Hmm. But let's focus. So basically, the Canadians' first red flags were in relation to this charity which was 99% a scam and the use to be used as part of her legend, as a story to make her look trustworthy and so on. And also probably to launder money because that's why they're looking into it. And especially, you know, to old Republican men and the evangelical crowd surrounding Trump, this would have looked right up the rally. You know, that's good if you're a spy, right? It works in your favor to have such a story that kind of fits the interests of your targets.
0: Yeah, and if you got a fake family name like de Rothschild and her age, which was less than half of Trump and his buddies, uh, that's the golden ticket to the uh, Mar-a-Lago secret rooms and all the
1: documents inside. But wait, there's more. You also need a whiff of poor victim me, no? That would help too. So Ina Tarashenko, the Moscow guy, referred to by some journalists as an oligarch, uh, the one who helped her start the charity. So both Ina and this Valery Tarashenko are allegedly engaged in an intricate, bitter legal fight and have filed domestic violence injunctions in Florida against each other. Ina claimed she and Tarashenko were in a relationship and that he coerced her into a scheme to wrangle funds for various people or from various people. Tarashenko denies all of this. What do you think about this guy, Neil?
0: Well, for one, his name appears differently in different places. For example, Valery Kuchinko is the name on the property tax records I found for him here in the U.S., but in Canada, he's Valery Tarashenko.
1: Now, look, I can get over Valery spelled with an I or an Y or both those letters. Sometimes that happens with first names, depending if you're from the West or, you know, from the East. Usually the West goes with the Y, the Russians with the I. But... The last name always stays the same. And there's quite a difference between Tachenko and Tarashenko. Those are two different people as far as I'm concerned.
0: And Anna says this guy, Valeri, is the one who got her the fake IDs. Unfortunately, we cannot ask him because his life here was very nondescript. So he has an LLC uh, called Blue Sky 6, which was dissolved in 2010. He also had a house in Sarasota County in Florida. I mean, nothing fancy. It's very typical suburban three-bedroom, two-bath house. And he sold it to somebody in Ohio in 2014. And after that, he pretty much disappeared from the record books. There's nothing (laughs) on this guy.
1: (laughs) Well, I mean, my flags go up again. It's like, (laughs) handler, handler, because this whole nondescript thing and the disappearance, but of course he did disappear. Now, obviously, this is just my gut feeling, but this guy was... Probably, I don't know, her handler. I think I alluded to that earlier, and it's a good legend for her to say he's just a guy who duped her into conning people. You know, the damsel in distress that was taken advantage of defense kind of thing. (laughs) I mean, she even said that at some point he was violent with her. I don't know. I can't believe anything anyone with three fake passports says, especially someone taking advantage of the misfortune of immigrant families and poor people.
0: Yeah, I mean, we don't know much about their relationship, if it was just a business, uh, scamming people and laundering money, and we don't know much about the whole charity affair either, but We do know that it was apparently just a front to fund Russian mob activity, according to the Canadian police and our Fed police.
1: Yeah, that tracks. And there is this excellent article, the first article, I think, about Anna de Rothschild, actually, by the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette and the Organized Crime and Corruption Reporting Project. And they were the first to break the news about her potentially being a spy, her weird story, or at the very least, super shady and a grifter and they described a bit how she presented herself. Anna de Rothschild boasted of her family roots to the European banking dynasty, donning designer clothes, a Rolex watch, and driving a $170,000 black Mercedes-Benz SUV.
0: Yeah, and if you're a truck driver's daughter who grew up in Ukraine and was conned by a Russian mob guy while you were trying to help the poor... You don't have the money to buy an AMG G Wagon. So, either way, somebody is funding her. All we know by now is that all organized crime in Russia is Kremlin sanctioned. Nothing is stolen or trafficked without the Kremlin's approval. I mean, that's kind of what I say over and over again. It's like Putin is like the real life Don Corleone, he's got his hands on all the strings.
1: A hundred percent. And by the way, guys, if you want more content on Putin, we have some great premium episodes about the beginning of his KGB career and his time as a young officer in East Germany working with the Stasi. Carlos the Jackal is also in there. I mean, (laughs) then his rise to power and how he killed everyone in his way.
0: Yeah, he knows all the finest people. We've already got quite a good collection of dubious premium episodes for you guys on all manner of subjects, like the science of zombies. Turns out they're real, actually, technically. Blame Harvard, not us. Uh, (laughs) If you so wish to support our podcast, please become a patron. We do two premium episodes per month, in addition to our four free ones. For less than a fancy coffee, you can get our premium episodes every month Plus, you get all of our public episodes ad free.
1: So if you want to support us, please become a patron by going to dubiouspod.com and clicking on the Become a Patron button at the top of the page or just click on the link in the episode notes right here. We don't use Patreon, so the sign-up process is real easy. Easier even than getting
0: invited to Mar-a-Lago if you are a fake (laughs) Rothschild heiress (laughs) slash Russian spy.
1: Exactly. So Ina portrayed this rich persona she invented with great skill, almost like she had some training. As per the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, she talked about developing a sprawling luxury housing project on Emerald Bay in the Bahamas, a high-rise hotel in Monaco, and a Formula One racetrack in Miami. A pivotal moment for the woman who was fluent in several languages took place last year when she was invited to Mar-a-Lago, where she mingled with former President Donald Trump supporters and showed up the next day for a golf outing with Mr. Trump and Senator Lindsey Graham, among other political luminaries
0: so who exactly was the idiot that invited her to go play golf with trump and lindsey graham i mean it's got to be a man obviously
1: yes Uh, i mean it's unclear but look obviously if you get to golf with trump and lindsey graham we can safely assume it was someone really high up and close to trump rumor has it that it was a big trump donor called el Channon adam kerr but what we know for sure this didn't just happen out of the blue a year before the fbi raid inayash chishin made several trips into the state posing as a member of the famous family while making inroads with some of the former president's key supporters so she worked for it
0: and according to the pittsburgh post-gazette great article on all this by the way sandra's right about that on her very first day at mar-a-lago she had a picture taken with donald and lindsey graham on the golf course And she became known around Mar-a-Lago as, quote, the Rothschild heiress. And, I mean, that's even easier to do when you can show photos with uh, a former president. So she put some effort into all this. Uh, She's not just some tourist who snuck in. Uh, And it's not just a few pics. She practiced this story to gain access to these people.
1: On the other hand, and to be objective, it seems like almost anyone can wander around Mar-a-Lago. I mean, in 2023, three teens <laughs> trespassed on Trump's estate while they were carrying an AK-47 in an attempt to evade authorities. <laughs> it's like, is it
0: more disturbing that they just wander around or that three teenagers have an AK-47?
1: Yes, yes. It's like, it's insane. I mean.
0: <laughs> well, uh, stupid is as stupid does, as they say. There was also that Chinese woman who snuck back in there after she was kicked out. She was later found not guilty of trespassing, but she was convicted of resisting an arrest. So points for perseverance, I guess?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I feel that these cases are quite different from what's been happening with Feikana de Rothschild at Mar-a-Lago. And here is the best and most important point in the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette article. The ability of Miss Yashchishin, the daughter of an Illinois truck driver, to bypass the security at Mr. Trump's club demonstrates the ease with which someone with a fake identity and shadowy background can get into a facility that's one of America's power centers and the epicenter of Republican Party politics.
0: And it's not just the Mar-a-Lago buildings. She made close friends with Trump's people, too. Greitens, uh, the former governor of Missouri, who apparently likes beating his own children at the dinner table and sexually harassing his employees, held a fundraiser at another Trump-owned mansion in Florida, and Enna was also invited to that. So, to recap, she first arrived at Mar-a-Lago around May the 1st of last year at the invitation of a connection she met through the charity The next day, she was invited to a fundraiser at the Trump International Golf Club near Mar-a-Lago, where she posed for the pictures with Trump, Lindsey Graham, and others. Later that day, she reportedly hung out with a number of Trump associates, including Kimberly Guilfoyle, the girlfriend of Don Jr. And since then, she's been at Mar-a-Lago on numerous occasions. We love her, don't we,
1: folks? (laughs) Isn't she (laughs) right? And especially since we know this happened before, it's kind of insane. I mean, situations that involved Republican men, of course, they were the target. It seems that there are lots of young Russian speaking women buzzing around these guys and they think it's because they're handsome. I mean, the narcissism is through the roof.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's like there's a video in particular in uh, the Daily Mail article about this story in which Trump is giving a speech and, you know, the crowd is kind of mulling around and This person, Anna, is in the middle of the uh, camera frame. And, I mean, everybody except her looks like they are in a nursing home. It's like they are slow walking to the buffet. They are far more interested in the pudding than they are in what Trump is saying. And it's just a surreal scene. But, um, I mean, we're not making fun of the elderly, but let's just say that Trump attracts a certain demographic. (laughs) Also, remember that Maria Butina woman, the uh, the redhead with the guns who got high up in the NRA and the Republican Party? Mm-hmm. I mean, there are photos of her with the CEO of the NRA, with Scott Walker, the former governor of Wisconsin. And I mean, it's just like a pack in that case, but it's the same sort of thing. You know, the honeypot. Mm-hmm. Not to say that there was necessarily sex involved in any of these cases, But, you know, these Republican dinosaurs are suckers for a pretty girl. Mm -hmm. And at the end of 2018, Maria pled guilty to being directed by a Russian government official to establish unofficial lines of communication with Americans having power and influence over American politics.
1: Yes. And the FBI said she plotted to use political groups, including the NRA, to establish back channel communication with official figures with the ultimate aim of influencing US foreign policy in favor of Russia. And she was imprisoned and then deported back to Russia, probably in exchange for something we don't know, but usually that's how this works. Anyway, the point is that these people, you know, the Republicans are too easy to fool, honestly. Or their sympathies lie with Russia, which, let's be honest, they do. This year at the CPAC in Dallas, their guest of honor was Viktor Orban, the Hungarian authoritarian leader and Putin's puppet. I mean, that's who they look up to. It's insane and borderline treasonous, if you ask me, but that's just my opinion. Calm down, you're going to get an aneurysm. (laughs) Okay, let me focus. Come on, people, do it with me. We all need a bit of zen at this point. Come on, breathe in, and then... Breathe out, breathe in, and then breathe
0: out. Are you doing a yoga thing? It's like the downward dog or something. Premonition of things to come in Buenos Aires, by the way.
1: (laughs) No, but I just might. Also that did make me feel better. And since you mentioned dogs, uh, let me tell you that my boy Odie actually stretches with me after workouts. I mean, when I still did workouts, gotta start again. But this reminds me of Major Biden nipping Secret Service agents repeatedly. Major was on the right path. He knew something was (laughs) up. Major had the right idea. I mean, what was the Secret Service doing at Mar-a-Lago? Sunbathing? Isn't that part of their job to protect former presidents, but also keep an eye open about other threats like intelligence threats too?
0: And there's also the January 6th text messages that magically disappeared from their database.
1: Yes, and anyway, I love Major. He's the best popper. Let the record reflect that. Hashtag justice for Major. So,
0: Anna made her way into Mar-a-Lago, and there are photos of her dining with the Trump's closest friends, golfing with Trump and Lindsey Graham, yet nobody questioned her story, according to a former investment banker who was at Mar-a-Lago during this time. Inna repeatedly told people that she was a Rothschild and, quote, everyone was eating it up. By the way, we'll post these photos we mentioned on our social media.
1: Yes, guys, and we're also going to post her fake IDs. We are a dubious Pod on all platforms. But now let's talk a bit about her ex-husband. Let
0: me guess, another Russian gangster.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We don't know if he's involved with organized crime, but this is what we do know about him. His name is Sergei Golubev and he is 49 and he was married to Ina Yashchishin from 2011 until they divorced in 2016. He's Russian-born, but runs a boat rental firm in Miami, and he has since remarried to another woman called Natalia. And now they have a toddler together, and they live in the same $450,000 three-bed, three-bathroom home he once shared with Dina. This is all according to an article in the Daily Mail.
0: It's unclear if the couple's marriage was a matrimony of convenience or if they were in a genuine relationship. According to him, they lost touch after divorcing. But her purpose, according to him, was just getting a green card.
1: That's weird. I mean, if her dad is American, the truck driver living in Illinois, right? Why did she need to get married to get the green card? Because it's easier to become legal here if one of your parents is American. Again, my dubimeter goes to the sky here.
0: I mean, it doesn't look like he's trying to hide anything. He seems to be forthcoming and cooperative, but he's not really a clean looking guy either to me.
1: Right, there's no info or proof of wrongdoing on Golubev's part, and he said that the FBI had been in touch with him to ask him about his ex-wife, but he's very well off. As we said, he and Dina live together in a half a million dollar home in Hollywood, Florida, midway between Miami and Fort Lauderdale.
0: And this is the best part. Golubev ran a yacht charter business named Ride a Boat with Captain Sergey." <laughs> <laughs>
1: Nobody will find you at the bottom of the ocean afterwards. Eternal membership with the fish. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so if you guys are new and you haven't listened to our episode about Ivana Trump's death, falling down the stairs and her grave on Trump's golf club, uh, listen to that after this one. You'll get this joke. But it turns out that my jokes are not even a joke. Uh, my jokes come true.
1: <laughs> Right, you can't make this shit up. I mean, if any of us wrote a script for a movie company about Ivana's death, they'd throw it in the trash thinking it's too far-fetched, even as fiction.
0: <laughs> Anyways, uh, Sergei's charter business advertised trips on a 37-foot yacht and offered barbecue on a private island, fishing, celebrations, animated parties for kids, South Beach, and Key West tours as well. The company was promoted uh, a bit on social media up until 2017, but it no longer appears to be active. And it's very strange. I mean, their business Facebook page has got a weird vibe to it. Uh, We'll link it in the notes so you guys can take a look. It's either really bad marketing or it's a front for something else. But um, in any case, Sergey appeared to run that company with his second wife, Natalia.
1: Natalia was born in Belarus and she studied linguistics in Minsk before gaining a paralegal qualification at Boston University and then moving to Florida to study international relations at Florida International University. And the pair seem to have met in 2017. They spent 2018 traveling extensively through Europe. There are photos on social media that showed them in Moscow, uh, in Belarus, in France, visiting Paris, Nice, and Provence. And there are no images of Ina on Sergei's social media, though. You know, his first wife. So no photos of Ina.
0: Well, that's not that unusual, but I mean, there's nothing concrete to suggest he's involved in anything, but eh. I don't know. <laughs> it's just he's funny looking, you know, he's a funny looking guy. Yeah,
1: yeah. I feel the same. Let's just say we have our reservations about him. You know, asked about what the uh, FBI agents wish to discuss with him. Sergey said it was, quote, something illegal, cheating people and stealing money.
0: Yeah. So Trump and his Mar-a-Lago bros didn't know about Anna de Rothschild's real identity until March of 2022 when she was mentioned and a music executive who knew her warned them. Dean Lawrence, a Florida music director, said that her photo was recognized by many at the table and a group chat was immediately started to warn others who might have come into contact with her. Lawrence said, what I'm trying to understand is how did they allow this? How could somebody keep coming back at that level? I mean, this is mar lago
1: Well, it's exactly because it's Mar-a-Lago that this (laughs) happened, let's be honest. And she fooled them all easily. She kept dropping her fake family name. She talked about vineyards and family estates and fake childhood memories growing up in Monaco. She played her role well, and they just fell for it.
0: John Laferve said that everyone was eating it up, and Mar-a-Lago members fawned all over her because of the Rothschild mystique. They never probed and instead tiptoed around her with kid gloves.
1: Mr. John Lefebvre was among them, though. He fell for the ruse, too, I think. So (laughs) So what's Inna saying to the FBI? What's her
0: version of all of this story?
1: We don't know what she told the FBI, but we know what she told the press and its lies, all lies. That's what her version is, in my opinion. She claims that the Anna de Rothschild fake identity was invented by Valeri Tarashenko, the guy we think might have been her handler or one of her handlers, without her knowledge, which might be true, but not in the way she wants it to be true. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is a quote from Mina. I am the victim right now. That's all I can tell you. (laughs) (laughs) Meh.
0: What are the odds that she's telling the truth? I mean, I already know. But, you know, for the sake of argument and objectivity.
1: I would say the possibility that she's telling the truth is slim to none. Because there is video of her at Mar-a-Lago dining with people, playing golf with Trump and his buddies. And in one of these videos, you can hear a man talking to her while she's hitting golf balls. He says, Anna, you're a Rothschild. You can afford a million dollars for a picture with you and Trump. I'll tell you what. If you make the next shot and you hit that cart all the way down there on the left, I'll give it to you for half a million.
0: (laughs) So... Anna said in a sworn statement that the legal dispute with Valery Terashenko, or whatever his real name is, that she has never used another name and has not broken any laws and blamed it all on him, even accusing him of keeping her hostage, dismissing the entire Mar-a-Lago chain of events. I think there's some misunderstanding. That's all fake and nothing happened, she said.
1: Sounds exactly like something Trump himself would say. Almost like they took the same FSB classes. (laughs) Yes, we love it. (laughs) It's all fake
0: news, the deep state, it's
1: all lies. We hate them, don't we, folks? (laughs) (laughs) On a serious note, this is a disaster for our national security. Not only the Ina situation, the whole thing with Trump having access to such sensitive info as president and now with the documents at Mar-a-Lago. The guy is so narcissistic that you'd be stupid not to try and use him if you're a foreign intelligence service. Think about it. MICE. So, MICE is a handy acronym that intelligence officers use to summarize their assets' key motivators. Money, ideology, compromise, and ego. <laughs> <laughs> so,
0: uh, Trump's been having money issues for a while. We all know about his bankruptcies. Check. Ideology, he aligns with more totalitarian regimes than democracies. That is also true. Compromise, I mean, he's got his beauty pageants with teen girls, and we know that the FSB likes to bug a hotel room now and again, and he's trying to get a Trump Tower in Moscow, so who knows what they got.
1: Now, (laughs) we don't know what those cameras might have captured. I don't know. I'm thinking... The peepee scandal—that might, <laughs> that might or might not be true—but my gut feeling says maybe it's not, or not all of it. I think it's something so heinous and so hard to dismiss in speeches, something hard to talk your way out of. You know, even in front of his base. I think it's something very serious, like something involving minors. That's what I'm thinking.
0: Yeah, it could be, and we don't really know. But I—you can't put anything past him, so. <laughs> Our last letter from Mice, Ego, and, uh, well, we don't have to explain Ego, I think. He's got an incommensurable Ego. You know, he's the perfect textbook asset, I suppose.
1: Yes, well, this is depressing, but this is where we are now. I'm curious what the damage assessment will say, even though I think they won't release all of that information publicly, of course, but we'll get a hint at least.
0: So, what level do you have for your dubimeter for this episode? 1 to 10.
1: 100. <laughs> <laughs> Joking. I'll just stick to 15. I'm sorry, I can't see this being lower. It's a spy story featuring a fake Rothschild heiress, a former president and high-ranking politicians golfing, dining, and super sensitive top-secret documents in a broom closet secured with a lock. So Jubimeter <laughs> is 15.
0: <laughs> I agree. Yeah. So that's all we got for you this episode, guys. Please tell us what you think about this story and about Anna, a.k.a. Anna de Rothschild. We are at DubiousPod everywhere, no matter which social platforms you prefer.
1: Thank you for listening, Dubie friends, and see you all next time.